Welcome to the Nerd Stalgic Podcast with your host, the Ginger Hi folks, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Nerd Stage Podcast with your host, me, Luke the Human. Hope you're doing well, hope you're good, as per usual. Uh, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at nerdstagic underscore pod. Also, you can follow me on YouTube at the Nerd Stage Podcast. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and all that jazz. So, today is another pre-recorded um, episode, back all the way back in June the 3rd. That's where I am now, but you're currently listening to this all, all the way over, I think, June the 11th or June the 12th. Whenever the Ubisoft showcase is, that's when you're hearing this now. Um, uh, this one I don't have to rush so much because it's going to be the last one. Um, but this Ubisoft Forward showcase is the one that I'm most sort of unsure about. Uh, mainly because, and as I will mention, some of the games that were launched last year, Ubisoft really needs a win. You know, I love I love Ubisoft. You know, I love their games. I've been playing their games for years. Yeah, you know, since I was little. Um, and you know, I'm a big fan. Sort of slowly getting into sort of Assassin's Creed a lot more now, as well as you know, I love the sort of other games that they did. But you know, I we I, you know, Splinter Cell. You know, I love Splinter Cell. I'm hoping they announce another Splinter Cell game. You know what I mean? So I'm a fan of theirs, but from the showcase that they had last year and how not a lot of actually has actually come to fruition up to now that I've had a lot of delays and a lot of cancellations um, I'm not really sure apart from Assassin's Creed I don't really know what they can show apart from maybe uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2 but again that's been in development hell for years apparently it's still going but we will see um, but last year they, they announced uh, Mario and Rabbit's uh, Sparks of Hope which was the sequel uh, Skull and Bones which has been sort of well, not cancelled. It's been delayed and remade and done multiple times. So, will that game be shown again? Maybe, possibly. Uh, you've got Riders Republic season four. Uh, Tom Clancy's Division two. You had the DLC for that. Um, you had Tom Clancy's Division Heartland. Tom Clancy's the, the Division Resurgence. I do I love the Division? I really do. I, I played the Division two. I played Division one. I loved them all. I didn't bother with the DLC. Because I'll be honest with you, after playing Division 2, I just didn't want to play any more Division. Um, I was Divisioned out, shall we say. So I, I didn't want any more. But they are doing more. They've got the Heartlands game, which I think was like announced last year. And I think that game's been delayed again. So we might see it. We might see more about it. You know, we'll see. Uh, the Division Resurgence, which I think is a mobile game. They had Rainbow Six Mobile. Uh, Trackmania Reboot. Just Dance 2023, Assassin's Creed Mirage, which I think Xbox has announced that they're going to have some gameplay there. I remember I'm recording this back in June the 3rd, so if they did, that's a fantastic sort of, you know, that's one way to predict the future. Um, and if they didn't, I'll be wrong, and they'll hopefully show some more gameplay here at the Ubisoft Forward, which more than likely they will. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, the last chapter, which I played, was really, really good. A good end into Eivor's story and sort of uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla overall. I really liked Valhalla. I know a lot of people didn't. I know it was very divisive for a lot of people, but I really enjoyed uh, Valhalla. And then you had Assassin's Creed, codename Jade. Uh, the Assassin's Creed Netflix series, which, again, I haven't heard anything of over that since it was announced. Um, then you had Assassin's Creed uh, Netflix. There's another Assassin's Creed Netflix game. And then there was Assassin's Creed, codename Red. Assassin's Creed, codename Hexy. Assassin's Creed Inf Infinity, Assassin's Creed multiplayer game, and that was about it. They really went hard on Division and Assassin's Creed near the end there. Um, so what are my predictions for Ubisoft? I don't know. Maybe, potentially, we will see more of Skull and Bones. You know, Maybe if the, we'll show them how they've changed it, how they've refined it. If they've made a completely new game, or if they're going to sort of, if it's going to come out this year or not, we'll see. We might see more of the Division, maybe more of the Division Heartland, maybe even an announcement of a Division 3, potentially. Um, I don't know. I feel like they really missed out with the Division by bringing in mutants or zombies. Not even just zombies, just mutants. You know, They've got this huge virus that's like infecting people. They could have at least done some sort of DLC where it'd be like a virus and you have to 
go against kill these mutants or something. I feel like they really missed out a chance there. But again, maybe we'll see a Division 3. Uh, more of the Division sort of games, most likely. Maybe another Rainbow Six sort of game. I would, like, again, I would love to see sort of uh, another Splinter Cell sort of game. And that'd be fun. Uh, Tom, another Tom Clancy game. That'd be interesting. But I don't want to see... I'm, I'm kind of... I'm not, I was never really interested in Rainbow Six. Never really interested in Siege. So maybe another Tom Clancy game. That's you know not sort of um, a team-based sort of game, or not in the division, or not Splinter Cell. Something new, you know. I mean, maybe sort of adapt one of the books. I don't know. You know hopefully, we'll see Beyond Good and Evil Two. Like so that's been de- delayed multiple times. So don't know. Um, again, we'll probably more than likely we'll see ton of Assassin's Creed. You know, I have no doubt. At all, we'll see tons of Assassin's Creed. Maybe we'll see, we'll get more information about these different Assassin's Creed games, like Codename Jade and Codename Red and Hexy. We'll probably see more of them, maybe gameplay or cinematic trailers and that sort of thing, and find out what they are and where they're coming from. So you can kind of tell I'm very sort of on the fence with Ubisoft. I don't know what they will show because, again, the Assassin's Creed, well, Assassin's Creed, yeah, but Ubisoft really needs a win. Of all the studios currently, they need to win the most because it just seems how a lot of their games are in development. Apart from Assassin's Creed, a lot of their projects are in development hell. And um, they, they can't keep delaying games. They can't keep pushing games back because they need the money. Like I would happily have a delayed game and then hopefully the game be good. Um, but those internally and the, the business partners and obviously they're a company at the end of the day. They need to make money. So them not being able to release sort of games per sort of uh, quarterly sort of season, you know, for the beginning of like January up until almost the beginning of summer. Then you've got the summer section, then you've got the winter, the end of the end of the year sort of section. If they don't have games to release in these sort of quadrants, um, they keep because they keep delaying them, they're not going to get their money. That means that money for production of current games in production and games they want to do in the future either isn't there and that could lead to a bad game or could lead to a great game not being made. You know what I mean? So they, they need a win. So I'm on the fence. I don't know what they will show. Um, I have a feeling it will be tons of Assassin's Creed. But again, apart from that, I don't know. So I have my fingers crossed. I am excited to see what they will show. Um, but again, hindsight is a beautiful thing. I don't currently have it because I'm in the past. Um, but I'm sure, again, I'll watch it. I'll enjoy it. And you beans are going to find out very shortly in a minute uh, my thoughts and feelings what was shown um, but I wanted to take a bit longer to explain um, this introduction I did for the other two mainly because I'm just so unsure about Ubisoft I really am at this point um, but I, I feel like they can pull it back I feel like they, they they're old enough and been around long enough that they can pull up pull it back and survive just how and when it's a different situation so my fingers are crossed um, let's get into it shall we let's see what Ubisoft uh, has to show us so here we are at the ubisoft forward event the final showcase for june um as far as i know nothing else has come up um i know xbox have got their um games uh, showcase extension on june the 12th which is tomorrow which is basically everything that they've spoke about in their showcase, they're going to do an extended talk more in detail about certain things they showed off, as well as what other um, studios are working on here and there. So I'll look into it and I'll watch it. I won't really do an episode on it, but I'll look into it for my own personal thing. I just want to let uh, you beans know that that's going on. Um, overall, the Ubisoft Forward event, I loved it. I, I did. I generally, I was smiling majority of the way through, <laughs> mainly because, and I, I want to state, Thank you to Ubisoft for keeping the weird, for keeping the funk, for keeping the, the strangeness of of gaming conventions. Because one thing that I miss about E3 um, and one thing that I, I miss a lot about older the E3s was the fact of gaming events, gaming showcases used to be odd. There was a lot of wacky and strange things would happen. You'd get people who aren't very comfortable being on stage. Um, and you could tell there wasn't a lot of planning sometimes in how somebody was to say things or things would happen and blah, blah, blah. And it would just be weird. It'd be jank. But that's was made it fun, made it interesting. That made it a bit more unique. So I want to say thank you for Ubisoft for, for always keeping the weirdness, keeping the strange going. Um, 
and I'll get on to why they were strange as we, as we get on to, especially with the first thing they decided to show was incredibly strange, but also incredibly Ubisoft as well. Um, but from the three so- showcases I've, I've watched now, from the Jeff Keighley's one to start with Xboxes, as well as the sort of Starfield Direct, and now this one, this is how I would sort of rank them. So Jeff Keighley's was interesting. Uh, that was probably the most I've said the word interesting ever in any episode I've ever done, but it was everything about it was interesting. I might not have been interested in everything, but overall it was overall interesting. You know, I might not want to play it day one, but I was interested and that's the main key there, right? The Xbox one, the fanboy in me loved it. Cause I was getting bits of things that I loved. I was getting a bit of Forza. I was getting a bit of Fable, you know, there might've been a few things that I, would hope for but didn't get and again if you want to hear my full views on that listen to my xbox showcase episode um but overall it, it i liked it for what it was in terms of the xbox fan uh i got little bits of what i liked this was just fun uh it was weird it was strange it was completely european it was completely um ubisoft it was wonderful you know, I I don't know. I'm I'm on the fence if to say if it's my favourite showcase of of the year. Um, well, shall we say my favourite showcase of the of the summer uh, so far? And I feel like that would be a fair assessment for me personally. Other people might agree, disagree. Um, I loved it. I really, really did. And again, even though there'd be a lot of things in this that I don't 100% fully jive with, like the first thing that I'm going to talk about in a minute. Uh, overall i had fun i had a smile on my face and that's the point you know it was weird it was wonderful it was strange it was ubisoft it was it was fun they knew what they were getting into they knew what they were doing um and they just had fun and that's what they made it didn't make it a big professional sleek stylish thing they just went you know what we've got some games let's just have fun and that's what they did and yeah it was it was just fun so cracking on beginning with so the first thing that they showed i thought i made a mistake i thought i clicked on the wrong video when i first started watching it live because instead of like showing like ubisoft forward or anything like that it was like just dance and it was just the people uh dancing to just dance but in the corner it said um official olympics esports and apparently just dance is an olympic esport now and there's a competition and currently it's going on i have no idea that this was a thing i had no idea it was currently going on i've never heard anybody talk about it but yeah and then they announced just uh dance 2024 edition coming this october i'm not really into just dance i i played a little bit on the connect for the 360 um but that was about it really that's as far as i got but i'm guessing there's people out there who like it and they must people must be buying it because Ubisoft are still making games for it almost periodically every year. So, you know, it's got a fan base somewhere. Anyway, moving on quickly, swiftly. Um, One thing I want to add here, one thing that you might notice in this showcase compared to the other two showcases that I did, uh, there is a lot more notes and a lot more detail in things I have to say for most, of, if not all of the things here, mainly because unlike sort of Jeff Keighley's show or Xbox the way Ubisoft likes to structure a lot of their events, they like to structure them where you will see sort of either cinematic or sort of uh, gameplay. Then they will bring somebody out, either the lead narrative designer, the director, or somebody along those lines will come out and they will give more details into what you just saw. And then usually um, it'll be, do you want to see some more gameplay? And then they'll show you more in-depth gameplay. So you might get a cinematic, a bit of explanation and gameplay. I like that Ubisoft does this because, again, with Jeff Keighley and Xbox and even with PlayStation, to be honest, it is very much the fact of here's the new game. It's coming soon. Maybe we might show you a bit of gameplay. We might not. But it's nice to have to see it to be. Wow, that looks interesting to have the director or lead narrative design or somebody like that to come out being like this is the the world and explain a bit more into it and then show you the, the game. I like that. I like how Ubisoft does that. You know, for me, it gives me a lot of what I'm interested, in, which is the the finer details. It's all well and good showing me that it looks awesome. Tell me more about it. You know, why should I be interested? You know, think of because again, I am a gamer, but I'm also a client. I'm a buyer at the end of the day, and they're trying to sell me a product. 
So it's all well and good showing me, but tell me more about it. Get me invested. And Ubisoft do a really good job of investing you into their games. Even if you might not be interested in the game, it gets you excited for what the game is meant to be. And that's, again, why I like I love Ubisoft whenever they do their forward events. They might not do great in their games. and All their games might not sort of win, but they know how to do an event. I have to give them that. That's the European side of them there. The French know how to throw a party. Uh, so, anyway, moving on swiftly on. So, the next game that they showed was the Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. We got to see a cinematic gameplay trailer as well as some in game footage. Uh, this game is coming out December the 7th, 2023, so this year. Um, I was quite excited for this one. I, I really was. I was sort of on the edge of my seat. Like, this is how you do it. Like, yes, ju Just Dance was a bit odd, but again, that's Ubisoft. This is how you do it. This is how you begin your presentation. You really get me in. You pull me in. You know, and I felt like, <laughs> I felt like uh, um, Al Pacino in um, Godfather 2. It's like, just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. That was my terrible impression of Al Pacino. But it did. It, like, they pulled me in. They They sucked me in. And then they almost lost me because halfway through the gameplay, you know, it looks incredible, it looks beautiful. They're using the Snowdrop engine and the Snowdrop engine is in heavily underutilized by Ubisoft. It seems only now they're properly using it to its fullest because at one, one stage, that engine was just being used for Division. Granted, Division's not bad. It's a pretty beautiful game. But they needed to branch out and use it for a lot more things and they're finally using the Snowdrop engine to its fullest and it looks absolutely gorgeous here. So I'm happy to see that. But what pulled me out of it was they started doing... You play as a Navi and you kind of have to free um, Pandora from sort of the... I can't remember what... Uh, the enemies, uh, the, the humans. I'm, I can't remember the name of the organisation. I haven't seen Shape of Water yet and I haven't seen Avatar 1 in a, in a very, very long time. Let's just call them the humans, right? So you've got to stop the humans from um, taking back Pandora. So you have so the way they made it seem was that you go from outpost, 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 stopping the humans, and that feels incredibly um, Far Cryish to me. And that's where they started to pull me back. And there were other things to do with Far Cry where you were crafting things and you were taking an outpost and you were sneaking around outposts and taking enemies out. Kind of felt like Far Cry Primal, which again is a fantastic underrated Far Cry game, um, but it felt like Far Cry Primal. You know, they're taking out alarms, making sure they can't be heard so that no no alarms can be raised. That's what kind of worried me. The fact of you had me with this sort of Pandora, uh, Avatar sort of game, which again, I love the, the movie. Uh, you had me, you know, at, at, at Meat Hooks. And then you showed me that version of the gameplay and that had me worried. Um, I'm still interested in wanting to play it uh, when it comes out in December. But I am worried that, you know... They've put a sort of Avatar film over a Far Cry game. And that is the worry. Because, again, I'll be honest with you, the last good Far Cry game that I played and actually fully enjoyed from start to finish was Far Cry 5. Um, and the actual last one that had the most fun was Far Cry 3. Maybe a bit of Far Cry 4. But since Far Cry 3, it hasn't, it's been an up and down slope. And I played Far Cry 6 and it was abysmal. I hated myself for playing it, but I ended up just doing it because I had nothing else to play. And I was going to review it for the for the show, but I had so much of a bad time with it. I was just like, it's not worth it because I have nothing really positive to say about this game at all. My dad loves it, but I'm, I'm done with Far Cry. So this is worries me. So I hope when this game comes out and reviewers get their hands on it, and hopefully when I get my hands on it, that what I saw was wrong and that I misinterpreted it wrong and that it's different and that it's not Far Cry um, with this sort of film of Avatar on top. So my fingers and toes and eyes and legs and everything really, intestines are all crossed. Um, so fingers crossed that, you know, it's good. Otherwise, you know, I'm, I'm worried. So that comes out in December 7th this year. Next game was X Defiant. Uh, we've got to see some in-game footage of this, as well as they announced an open beta uh, June the 21st and the 23rd. Um, then launch coming. Then the then the game's going to launch um, later this summer. This looks like an arena shooter. Um, not a, I wouldn't say oh, I'm not sure about a battle royale. Kind of in the vein of a like a sort of like a Tom Clancy sort of arena shooter in the vein of Overwatch. 
It didn't really take me, it didn't strike me. Again, I'm not really interested in these sort of games. They showed us the battle pass and I was like, Meh. but again, this is sort of the the style nowadays. This is what gamers and, and developers are making because it's what's popular. You know, there's a reason why a lot of games in the early 2000s, sort of the middle to late 2000s and early 2010s, why all games had a multiplayer, um, even though didn't always need a multiplayer. They just had one because of games like Call of Duty. Every um, publisher wanted a new multiplayer game experience to take on Call of Duty. None of them really did. Most of them, most of them were generic. Only a few of them were overly unique and, and different and, and interesting. It's just sadly those games never lasted that long. But even so, this is the new style now. That was a the style then. The new style now is arena shooters, battle royales, the, the lot. I can't wait till the next generation comes in of the next big thing, and hopefully it's better than what we have now. But again, for X Defiant, it looked interesting, but it's not my cup of tea. But anybody who's interested, you know, the open beta is later this June on the 21st of June to the 23rd of June, and it's coming later this summer. So if that's something you're interested in, it's coming soon. Uh, then we got a little bit, look, a bit more look into Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown. Uh, that's coming January the 18th, 2024. I think. That was already announced at Jeff Keighley's show, I'm not sure. Uh, but if not, now we know the date. It's close to my birthday. So that'll be an interesting one. I, the thing is, uh, this game... <laughs> hmm, how can I explain it? I was a bit let down. And I'll explain why. So you play as, as Saga, another one. Alan Wake, watch out. Um, that's a joke, by the way. Alan Wake would, would destroy this game, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> But that was me attempt to try to be funny. Um, we got more details about it, and we got some new gameplay. You don't play as the prince; you play as a, as a bloke called Saga. He is part of a of a, an elite warrior group called the Immortals, and the princess has been captured, and they have to go rescue her. And within rescuing her, they find out that where the the uh, queen has been taken is somewhere very dark and very sort of. Um, mysterious and then this revolves around you having your time travel powers the sands of time sort of powers that you had in the original series um i was a bit let down like i'm excited i still want to play it and don't be wrong you know i'm I'm looking forward to the sands of time reboot that's coming hopefully maybe next year or this year depends on when they decide when they're ready to let it out um and i'll play this one as well because again i love prince of persia but we don't get to play as a prince. And I feel like that's the whole point. It's called Prince of Persia. I you know, I want to play as the prince. It's kind of the point, you know? Um, so that's a bit of a bummer, but the new character looks somewhat interesting. Again, I won't be able to really sort of tell the feel for the character and the feel for the story until I actually play it. So I haven't, I want, I'm trying to hold back and not be so judgmental just because I'm a fan of the old um, Prince of Persia and a few things confuse me, i.e. no prince. Um, I'm gonna sort of go instead. I'm gonna go in it with a class empty and just try to enjoy it for what it is. But the new gameplay looked interesting, you know. It looked unique. But I I would like to go back to the way the sort of early two thousand Prince of Persia games were, where you had a bit of two D side scrolling, but it was also three D. Yeah, the platform and stuff like that. I'd like to go that route again. So instead of the two D, let's go into the three D and do the platforming. That's where I would like to go next with the Prince of Persia series. But Ubisoft want to go somewhere else, which is fine. They want to go back to their roots. I completely understand. I respect that. But again, we'll see whatever the game is whenever it comes out. Right. Sorry about that. Quick water break. Um, Then we had Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix. I got really excited when this game was shown and then immediately deflated because I like Blood Dragon. Um, I've been waiting for Blood Dragon 2 um, for a long time. It's one of the best sort of expansions Ubisoft has ever made for any of their games. It's the best expansion for any Far Cry game. And I don't know why, considering how much people love it and how great it was, that they haven't either done a standalone um, Blood Dragon game or even they haven't decided to do a Blood Dragon 2 for like any of the Far Cry games since Far Cry 3. For some reason, they haven't. Um, but I got really excited because it was like, oh, Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix. Is this going to be a new game? No, it's an anime. 
Uh, and again, I've you know if you if you listen to the show long enough, you know that I'm not really big into anime. I have tried in the past; it's not for me. Um, but I have tried. But again, this doesn't look like my cup of tea. This looks like it's in the vein of the cyberpunk animated show Night. I think it was Night Runner. I still haven't watched that either. Um, on 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 Netflix, this one is also coming to Netflix, coming later this year. Uh, we're to see a teaser trailer again. It looks dark. It looks like a like a black comedy. It looks gory, brutal, silly, very high octane, nineties sort of noir sort of thing. But yeah, it's anime, so you lost me, which is a shame. And so I feel I hoped and wish that they would do Sink House with the Blood Dragon series. Maybe if this is popular and it's successful on Netflix. You know, potentially people at Ubisoft will go, wow, oh, wow, Blood Dragon Remix are doing quite well. Let's make it into a game or let's revitalize the Blood Dragon. Let's make a new standalone game. I don't know. The hope is there. You know, my fingers are crossed. So there's that. Then we got to see a bit more Division Resurgence. Uh, we got a cinematic trailer for that. It's coming fall 2023 and it's a mobile game. So you add my excitement and then you lost me again. Again, I, I said this on, on the other uh, showcase, and I've said this many times on other episodes. I don't play games on my phone. My phone is not a console. My phone is a tool. It's something that I use. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 25, but I sound like an old man now. But it is. It's a tool. I don't want to play games on it. You know, yes, it's got a good battery on it, but that doesn't mean that I want to spend my hours and hours and hours playing on it. You know, if you're going, this game looks, this game and the, another game that's meant to be for mobile phones. Looks like it should be on a handheld console. You know, I miss... Again, I'm going on a bit of a tangent here. I do apologize. But I miss the PSP Vita. To me, the Vita was doing something that no handhold was doing. And the Vita was incredible. But PlayStation just didn't stick with it. And eventually they just shelved and killed it. Um, But this game looks like it would have done well on something like the Vita. Or even on the Switch or something like that. Like I don't mind playing a handheld console. Because that's what it's made for. It's a console to on the go or on the Steam Deck or something like that. That's fine. But I don't want to be playing a game like Division on a small screen on my phone. it's, It's not for me. You know, if I'm on like if I'm on public transport, I'm going to be reading a book. If I'm in the car, I'm listening to music or an audio book. If I'm out and about walking, I'm listening to music. I'm not, you know, I'm a, I'm taking in my surroundings. I'm taking in the world around me. I don't want to have to sit here and stare at a screen for hours just to play a game. It's not for me. So, some people out there might be interested in this. If you're a hardcore Division fan, and yeah, you know, mobile gaming, but. It's not for me, but again, it's coming 2024, so it might interest somebody. I mean, 2023, coming fall of 2023, I mean, again, blah, blah. Anyway, then we got more of Ubisoft weirdness. Um, we got Skull and bo- Bones, and again, I was very, very excited because, again, we got to see some about Skull and Bones, hoping for a release date or them adding things or taking things out or them just admitting, like, we listened to your feedback, we effed up. We we changed a few things, blah, 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 blah. No, no. Uh, Ubisoft was back with their weirdness and they had a band play a sea shanty to start. And I thought, okay, it's weird. They had a, she- a sea shanty. Okay, Skull and Bones. It's a pirate game. I understand. I get it. You know, funny. Ha, ha, ha. Anyway, so that ended. And I was thinking, okay, now we're going to get some details. No, just that the game's got a closed beta on um, August the 25th till the 28th of August this year. And that's about it. So no real new information. Just a weird sea shanty, which was done really, really well. But again, very odd. And then just a better announcement. Not even added detail of like what the game is going, if when the game's coming out, if they've made any changes or just admitting that they took the feedback. Because a lot of people have peed off about this game because I love the idea of Skull and Bones because I want a game that's like Black Flag mixed in with Sea of Thieves, mixed in with Pirates of the Caribbean, realistic ship-to-ship combat I want to pillage, I want to um, go on crusades I want to be a pirate, you know, I want to explore I want to adventure, I want to be on the seven seas and I know Sea of Thieves does that, but I want it in a more realistic fashion, like the sort of black Assassin's Creed Black Flag, and that's what this game I was hoping to be. But when we saw we last saw it last year, I think it was last year, 
um the game just didn't look that great like you can't you don't even go onto islands like you don't even like lay siege to islands you send your crew out to lay siege to islands where you just stand on the ship and watch like what kind of captain does that being like oh man you go off you you fight it you collect the booty i'm just going to stand here and feed my parrot and just look at the sea um like no i don't i want to get involved i, I want to get off the ship i want to lead the charge lead the rampage like it was in black flag you know you take down a fort you uh board i mean where well, you can have a border ship or even you um land at the dock and then you fight your way through up through the fort taking out uh the colonels and admirals then finally you get to the head honcho bloke you kill him then the fort's yours you know that's what i want to do i don't want to watch my crewmates do it it's boring you know i want to see monster throw a kraken at me you know what i mean throw poseidon throw huge killer waves if i don't you know run away from or properly brace for it rips my ship apart make it explorative you know you've got a game about being a pirate make it piratey don't just Give me the look of pirates and then you just have me sit on the ship and do nothing and sail about. That's what it felt like when I watched it last year. And I'm, I know I'm going to be a bit of a rant here. I do apologize. Um, it's just that I just hoped we'd see more of Skull and Bones here. But we got to see Shanty and there's a there's a, a closed beta soon. So sign up if you're interested. I most likely won't because I would rather wait for this game to come out and listen to reviews and then make my, my opinion and decision, and then maybe get it if it's on cheap, if it's if the reviews are somewhat decent. Um, so we'll see. Then there were loads of mini updates. I there were so many like it was, they were just thrown at you like candy. Like here's one, here's one, here's one, here's one. So I didn't manage to get all of them. Um, so for the one, I just wrote down the ones that interested me. Um, so first of all, we got Master Chief is now coming to Brawlhalla. Never played it. It's very much in the vein of oh, what's that game called now. Um, oh, what's it called now? Ah, it's on, it's on Nintendo. Super Smash Bros. I don't know why I was freezing there. Uh, it looks like, I've never played it, but it's like Super Smash Bros, just with random weird characters from different sort of genres. So, Brawlhalla, so Master Chief's come to Brawlhalla. Then this got me really excited, but also then really disappointed because we have Jet Set Radio is coming to Roller Champions. I was really excited because I love Jet Set Radio. And then I was really disappointed because it was Roller Champions. And I don't play it, and I don't know if it's free to play or not, but I'm not interested. Um, it's really a shame because the models look incredible, look gorgeous. It shows me what a next gen sort of modern Jet Set Radio game could look like and could be, uh, but it's not Jet Set Radio, and that really angsts me. <laughs> so I highlighted it because it was Jet Set Radio, but I'm I'm really annoyed. I I think I'm sure I just put, noted it down just a rant really. And I'm moving on, so I, for a rant even more. Then we had Rayman is coming back into Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope. That'll be their final DLC. Um, I said this a while ago in, in a couple, probably a couple hunt episodes ago, but I said, where is Rayman? Why have we seen Rayman? Ubisoft, you know, Rayman was Ubisoft's poster boy for a long time for Assassin's Creed. And then they shelved him. Where is he? Uh, especially and like the rabbits who were just basically a side character, a side sort of entity in one game. They took over him. They became like the minions and just took over. Um, we're finally getting Rayman back, and he's going to be in the final sort of story DLC for Mario and Rabbits um, Sparks of Hope. Haven't played it, but again, I've heard it's it's quite good. Um, so that'll be their final DLC there. So those are the mini updates that I managed to sort of see and write down in time before it all just sort of went past in a blur, and I'll miss most of it. Um, then there was the Crew Motorfest. That this game was announced. Uh, we got some more details on it as well as some in-game footage. The game is set in um, Honolulu, Hawaii. Um, you can import all your cars from the Crew Two into the new game for free. So if you are a racing fan like me and you've played the Crew One and Crew Two, uh, primarily the Crew Two here. If you played the Crew Two and you've amassed a huge car collection for free, you can import import all your cars from the Crew Two into this game for free which is absolutely fantastic um this game's coming out in september the 14th this year and i'm over the moon um i play again i played the crew one played the crew two i love th the idea of the crew 
this game looks it's taking it more sort of grounded. So in in the Crew 1, Crew 2, especially the Crew 2, you could switch vehicles. And in the Crew 2, you could switch from a car to a boat, from a boat to a plane, from a plane to a monster truck, back to a car, or even to a bike if you wanted to. You know, you could constantly on the fly from one part of America to the next part of America. You could change vehicles and you could fly and there were multiple times where i couldn't be bothered to drive anymore so i'd be like i just want to be a plane now and i'd turn to a plane and i'd just fly off and it was so seamless so i love the idea of the crew and i love racing games as you all guys were i gushed over uh, the new falls of motorsport i love racing games a lot this game is in the vein more so of forza horizon where it looks to, again, they didn't say they have, but from the looks of it, they've taken away the planes, they've taken away the boats, they've taken away the bikes, and it is just motorsport. It's sort of tuna, to Japanese tuna cars, to American muscle, to uh, GT cars, sort of uh, track cars, e-cars, uh, e uh, kind of like F1 cars, but electric, as well as F1 cars. It looks very much a crew game in the style of like a U very ubisoft but also feels like forza horizon and also them being in hawaii in honolulu is very inspired like that's not a place i would thought of to place a game um i've said many times the next forza horizon should be in japan i thought that place would be gorgeous to do and i thought that the next uh, forza horizon 5 was going to be in japan and so they set it in mexico so to me it's a bit ingenious for them to for the crew to be like oh we're going to be in hallelujah because there's so i've never been there but the from the photos i've seen and obviously the movies it looks luscious and it looks a place where there's tons of different biomes where you've got sort of the jungles you've got the beautiful sort of seaside um roads right next to you got a beautiful ocean right next to you as well as you've got sand dunes to the left of you uh you've got marshlands you've got volcanic uh, islands and lands there's so much that they can do with this and so many different biomes to make the game feel very alive and diverse so i'm hyped and it comes out this year so i'm ready for it crew uh the i almost said the crew too uh the crew motor fest i can't wait for it I i'm hyped i'm excited then after that we got uh, assassin's creed nexus this is the vr game for the meta quest eh. you know i i i i don't like meta i don't like facebook i don't like anything that they do that i feel like they've taken oculus and really sort of pounded it into the ground um and that's just not the gamer side of me. That's sort of the person who used to develop and do stuff for with Oculus and used to make games in Oculus and all that when I was at uni. Um, I just don't like how Meta does things. And Assassin's Creed being in VR, again, I've, I don't have a MetaQuest. I'm not really interested in, in owning a MetaQuest um, headset. So it looks like an interesting idea. Put Assassin's Creed into it. You play different uh, assassins. You get to play as Cassandra. You get to play as um, Ezio Editore. And there was one more. Oh, who was it now? Ah, there was one. Ah, um, Hatham. Hatham Kenway. Uh, you get to play as these three. Um, I'm sure it leaves it open for an expansion. So you could probably play as all the other assassins eventually but you start off as three and there's different stories that they're going to be playing with each one of them so it's an interesting idea and concept but again i'm not really big into um meta quest and, and vr uh, in terms of what they're doing but i'm sure it'll come to other things as well i'm sure it'll come to playstation eventually and it'll come to um a vive and all that so we'll see then uh you had assassin's creed jade which looks gorgeous, looks beautiful. Like it's 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 an Assassin's Creed game set in China. Again, it's ingenious. Like I want to explore old sort of time, old China. I want to see how the the way that they tell the story and how it links in with um, the apples of Eden and stuff like that. Like, where does this story go? And then it's a mobile game. Yeah, really bummed me out. Because, again, like I said with The Division, I want to play this game, but I don't want to play it on my phone. You know, I'd happily play it as, like, an expansion or I'd happily play it as, like, a short DLC, like they did for Liberation um, for Assassin's Creed 3. Uh, I think it was Assassin's Creed 3. Yeah, uh, Liberation. Like, that was its own side story that to explore and as a different character and, and a different, a same sort of setting, but different time frame. Uh, that was interesting. 
I, that I want to explore more. I don't want to have to explore this new world on my phone. And for me, that's a bummer. And I, I know there'll be hardcore Assassin's Creed fans out there who who won't care and they'll happily play it. But when you said mobile phone, you lost me. And it's a shame. So I'll wait till it comes out and then I'll probably watch a long walkthrough of it um, in term, on, on YouTube and I'll just get my sort of story and information from there. But Ubisoft, they're really big on, on pushing mobile games. Um, they're probably the only publisher that actually still is. Um, I can't think of any other publisher who's still trying to push mobile games apart from Activision. And only because they own King, and King is like in a billion dollar um, franchise that just makes and just pumps money, basically. Um, and I'm sure that's probably one of the reasons why Xbox bought Activision in the end, because they wanted that King money. Because uh, a lot of money, like you get, there's so much money in mobile gaming, you do not understand. Um, so understand why Microsoft, I mean, not Microsoft, Ubisoft still does it. But still, it's not for everybody, and it's definitely not for me. So I'm excited for an Assassin's Creed game. I'm just bummed out it's on mobile. Then we got to see a bit more of Assassin's Creed Mirage. We've got a story trailer for that. Uh, that's coming in October this year, tw- uh, 2012. I uh, got to see a, a, some new gameplay, walkthrough footage. Got to see uh, Basim, how he deals with things. So Basim is not a sort of character who is brutal shall we say he's not like Eivor or he's not like um Haytham he's not somebody who wants to get in or gets his hands dirty and fight uh, Basim is more of a character who likes the art of assassin of assassination the arts of being an assassin a hidden one to be sneak around to be hidden to use traps and noisemakers and stuff like that to distract enemies and to either get around them or to assassinate them um I'm interested in in this game. I played Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I loved Valhalla. I know it didn't do very well, but I played it all to completion. Um, And I played the expansions as well. Not all the expansions. Some of the expansions. Um, And I love Eivor. And I was interested in Basim's character and and where where the, the game ends and where the sort of final story expansion update that came out which was the last update for um, Valhalla, and that sort of gives a lot more sort of end to Eivor's story, but also brings the beginning of Basm's story. And at the end of that update, which might be spoilers for some people, so I, I do apologise, but basically um, Basim meets somebody and they say to him, oh, what we want is some information about you, uh, a memory, certain memory. And Basm basically gives this person a memory fragment. And I would imagine that memory fragment is Basim growing up uh, in Baghdad, becoming a master assassin and how he got to be how he is and how he got or found himself in um, sort of Eivor's story and entwined in that. That's what I can imagine. I'm going to imagine that's where the story is going to lead to. It's going to lead to the fact of Basim when he was younger to being a master assassin, to finding out how he turned evil or turned uh, rogue, shall we say. So, I'm interested to play this game. I really am. So that's going to be a fun one. Then we had a huge showing of uh, Star Wars Outlaws. We got a lot more detail on the game. Uh, You play as a thief and you have to pull one of the greatest heights of all time in the Outer Rim, as well as getting new gameplay footage. Um, I was wrong (laughs) what I said about the Xbox event, um, at the Xbox event about this game. Um, it basically, if I'm trying to remember, because it's been sort of a lot's happened since then, I've said something under the lines of it feels very sort of not Ubisofty. It feels very sort of ununique, very much like in the style of Jedi Survivor. It, it, you know, and I kept saying that I wanted it to be a Star Wars game, but I want it to feel like Ubisoft. I want it to feel different. I want it to be Star Wars, but be something different. I was wrong in what I said. Um, and I was, un- I think I unfairly judged it um, because this game feels completely different to Jedi Survivor. It feels like a Ubisoft game, but in a good way. It doesn't feel like The Division. It doesn't feel like uh, Assassin's Creed or, uh, I've already said Far Cry, didn't I? Or The Division. It feels different. It feels unique. It feels inherently 100% Star Wars, but 
done by Ubisoft. There are moments in this where it feels it feels like Uncharted at times. It, the way the cinematics and and the loading, like the cinematics and the loading screens, sort of merge into one into gameplay. It's so seamless. Um, it looks really, really good. Uh, Massive looks like they have done a fantastic job with the game in both gameplay and visuals. Um, like I said, it's very cinematic, like a movie. And there's freaking space battles. You know, there's the, the, you have kind of like No Man's Sky where you can take off on a planet and go up into the atmosphere and out of the atmosphere into space. So seamlessly. Like, yes, it's a loading screen. Obviously, it's a loading screen, but it feels seamless. It feels cinematic. There's no sort of cutscene of, like, we're now on a planet. Now we're in space. It's very much the fact of uh, ship goes up, you're now in space, and then next thing you know, you're fighting sort of Empire ships, TIE fighters. Uh, and it was it, it was just wonderful. It was It looked incredible. It felt incredible. It felt different it felt unique it felt next gen star wars again i haven't played jedi survivor yet it's on my list i've got a huge backlog of, of games to play but i was wrong about this game i unfairly judged it so i will raise my hand and apologize to this game and to its developers i unfairly judged it that it is better than i thought it, it was going to be and it is unique and it is different um and I, i'm i'm really sort of excited for it sadly it's not coming till 2024 but I'm fine with that because the game looks gorgeous as it is. It looks wonderful. It looks, it's a work in progress, but it looks somewhat done. So give as much time as you need it. Take as much time, get it done when it's ready and I'll play it. So if it comes out winter next year, that's fine with me. I've got loads of other games to play until then. I've still got to play Jet Survivor. And I'm sure then most likely because it's Lucasfilm, because it's Disney, they will be books and comics to do with this so i end up having to read them before i play the game especially if they're set before the game you know so i'll have a lot to to, to get through before i get around to playing this game so i'm excited um and yeah that that is everything apart from at the end of the show when they were saying thank you that they said that you can now get a free trial i think it's a seven day free trial of um ubisoft plus which is like their version of game pass where you pay a certain price and you get access to all of their games uh, there's a seven day free trial now on PC and on Xbox. So if you're on either of those, you can get the seven seven day free trial. Uh, if you do it smartly and you plan ahead, you most likely, if you get that free trial, when a lot of these new games come out, you better play them for free for seven days without having to actually pay anything. Um, and then before the seven days are up, just cancel your subscription and just let the seven days run. It's what I've done many times. I shouldn't admit it, but it's true. Um, we've all done it. Um, so don't judge me. We've all done it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's everything that they've shown. Overall, I, I, I loved it. I really did. I was really... I was happy. I was smiling. Uh, it was weird. It was strange. It was, like I said, it was overly... 100% Ubisoft just being Europeanly weird. Uh, which is not a bad thing. Again... Europe is a very wonderful, weird place. Um, and Ubisoft are very wonderful and weird studios. I would wish they would pull themselves together in terms of some of their games, like, you know, Beyond Good and Evil 2, which we haven't seen or heard from since like 2017 and 2018, possibly, maybe a lot further back than that. Um, apparently, it's still in the works, still coming, but when? Um, but I liked what they showed. You know, yes, they lost me a bit in certain things and. They did mobile games still, and I understand why they do because a lot of money in it. But again, it's a shame it has to be like I don't know why they can't do mobile games, but for like a brand new IP. That way, you can bring people in who like mobile games to a brand new sort of IP, and then leave sort of already existing IP for where they're meant to be. So, the vision is a console PC game. That's where it should stay. I don't feel they should branch it off. You know, unless if you are going to branch it off, make it a, a small little mini game like uh there was a there was a game called gears of war pop or gears pop and the idea was it was gears of wars themed but it was like a cover shooter in a way where you used to send units out and you send sort of locusts or you send cog out and you'd have three layers of boundaries in front of you like high wall sort of cover as you do in the game and the idea is that you've got to get your troops from your bottom of the screen to the top half of the screen while defeating all the enemies that are oncoming. And then when you get there, you can take out and um, take out the the main base. And then if you do that, you win. 
I played it a few times. I enjoyed it. I downloaded it on my phone because I love Gears of War. Didn't keep it for a long time. This is when I used to play games on my phone and I was used to experiment with certain apps and that sort of thing. Um, but that is that would be fine if you did that with a division or something like that. Like I already know the Assassin's Creed mobile game. Um, my friend used to play it all the time because he was a hardcore Assassin's Creed fan. Um, never took my fancy, but he seemed to enjoy it. But I distinctly remember that game being very small and different and not an open world 3D sort of game that you'd get like on the Vita. It was very sort of side-scrolly sort of game. And that's fine. That makes sense. But a big 3D sort of game that's going to sort of, especially a game like Division, if, especially if you're going to have it against player versus player where you're going to need very quick inputs, you having to drag your fingers across the screen and tap things and fire at the same time. Yeah, I just, I don't see it taking off, but somebody out there might be interested. But I don't want to get into another rant. The point is, overall, I enjoyed what Ubisoft has to show. I'm excited. I'm I'm over the moon. I had fun, you know. So to rank it, I uh, I don't know. I think this is my favourite, despite a few small things here or there. It gave me a lot of of interesting things. It showed me a lot. It gave me. Again, it showed me cinematics. It gave me more details into the games I was interested in. And it showed me the games. It didn't just come out, tell me, then be like, I'll see you next year. It was like, no, no. We'll show you cinematic to pull you in. We'll tell you some more date details to pull you in a little bit further. And then we'll show you the game to really suck you in and really sort of get you hooked. And that's what they did. And they that's what they always do pretty much every year. So I'd say Ubisoft for me is my favorite one. Uh, of this summer game show so far currently as i'm recording this i think capcom have got their showcase on i'm not really big into capcom games so i'm going to miss that one but i'll check the highlights of that afterwards um and yeah that, that, that's basically everything i can go now and rest <laughs> for a week um go around and chill i can finally get around to playing lies of p playing the demo of that and recording something for you, uh, Beans, for next week. I know I said it will be this week, but I'm so tired that I'm going to give myself the rest of the week off and I'll come back strong next week. So that will be coming next week, the Lies of P uh, demo first impressions. Um, and yeah, and there's tons more to come. So if you're interested and you like what I've done here, then by all means, uh, follow me on Twitter and nerdstatic underscore pod. And you can find the Nerd Statue Podcasts anywhere and everywhere, basically, where podcasts are, apart from Apple uh, Podcasts. Um, you can find me on Audible as well. You can find me, again, on YouTube. So if you're listening to on YouTube and you haven't already, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and all that jazz. It really helps me out immensely. And if you're listening on Spotify, don't forget to give me a star rating for one to five stars. Again, that helps me out immensely so, so much. And uh, yeah, so I've been your host, Luke the Human. Thank you very, very much for listening to the Nerd Stagit podcast. And I will catch you in the next one. Bye-bye.